Hey friends, my guest on the pod today is Isaac Moreno. He is the host of the Jelly Filled Podcast. He's been podcasting for a little over a year and it was a fun conversation. We talk about podcasting a little bit. We talk a lot about the creative process and some of the doubts that go into creating and sort of how he deals with those. And um, we even talk a little bit about movies and TV. Um, and we had some kind of cool conversation digressions that happened. So um, it was a fun time. I really enjoyed the conversation. Make sure to check out his podcast, uh, the Jellyfield Podcast, on all major platforms. He also has a YouTube channel. If you search Jellyfield Podcast, that'll show up as well. Um, so without further ado, I hope you enjoy the pod. Uh, welcome to Little Pot That Could. My guest today is Isaac Moreno. What's up? Hey, what up? AKA the uh, Jelly Filled Podcast ringleader. Host. Yes. Yes. Host, creator, everything. Just a regular dude. Yep. All right. And I, I was, we were talking beforehand. We're at, we're on location at the yard. You know, we got a little something to eat. And uh, we were talking beforehand about um, just how excited I was to talk to you about podcasting because mm-hmm. I feel like. You and I are probably gonna have some similar struggles, and it's nice, yeah. To set like a partner in misery, like misery loves company. So, um, but before we get into all of that, maybe for people, because one thing I think is cool is like now, people that listen to me will be exposed to you as well. Maybe they don't know you already, so you know, can you just give a brief description of like who you are, what you do, what the podcast is about, and kind of the you know the origin story for you? Okay. Uh, so my name is Isaac Moreno. I've, I'm the host of the Jellyfield Podcast. I've been podcasting for about a year and two months, give or take. And the origins of the show was we were at like some party on my friend's back patio porch thing. I don't know. They live off some, they have a dock in their backyard that goes to like this river. And I just remember like drinking and there's people. And at some point I had the idea of a podcast that's just been brewing. So then I told people and they're like, oh yeah, that'd be cool. And then I told more people and they're like, that, that'd be cool. And then I told more people and then I finally did it. Mm-hmm. And then I've just been doing it since, uh, minus like a two month break I took and it's been chill. And aside from that, I'm a Portland State graduate. Uh, I like t- to listen to music and hike when I can and fish and that's about it. What kind of, what kind of music are you listening to right now? Mostly hip-hop. I just okay. transferred from Apple Music to Spotify, so I'm kind of just going through random playlists and seeing what I like, so nothing in particular just yet. What about Rose Gold's new stuff? Rose Gold's dope. Okay, yeah, all right, shout-out. Riley's freaking shout out, dope. Right, right. Uh, he just came out with the project uh, True Colors about three weeks ago, depending on whenever this drops, and it's been awesome. I think the yeah. feedback's been great, and... His video producer Mondo, or that Mondo dude, just came out with a video for two of his songs that came out last year, uh, Intoxicated, and I can't remember the name of the other one, but that was a super cool video that I had the pleasure of assisting with. So yeah, a lot of cool stuff coming out for fall and winter of this year. Nice. Yeah, even an old guy like me was was digging on Rose Gold's new stuff, so that's cool. Um, Okay, so... when I was kind of checking out your stuff, it does look like you kind of got started vlogging first. And I kind of want to know, like, what was the trend when you were like, oh, I had this idea about podcasting. But, like, what was it about podcasting that you thought was the most interesting? And why did you transition from vlogging to doing a podcast? So the main reason, ideally, is because when I was vlogging, I was editing parts out of my life. Like, I mean, that's what you do in a video. You edit things out, like the crappy things. And I made it all about highlights, which sells on the internet, but Mm -hmm. it didn't feel as genuine and as authentic as I would have liked. So around, like, the 30th vlog or whatever, I finally decided, you know, what's a medium where I can be my most honest and true self? And And at first I didn't even think with someone else, but just what's, like, the most honest thing? And I was working in landscaping and I was listening to podcasts and it just kind of clicked one day like, oh, maybe this is that medium. Maybe 
this is the format where I can be my true self, mistake and all, and then it kind of transitioned, like maybe I'll interview guests and we can be have really real conversations about whatever. And I haven't vlogged in a while, but that's because I sold my camera to pay some bills, which was probably one of my only regrets in selling stuff. I'd rather, I should have kept it and then used that camera to make money doing photo shoots or whatever. And I hope to get one again soon. But in the meantime, I'm doing just fine with my phone. Um, and I do want to get back into vlogging, but have it be on a much more casual basis where it's like maybe once a month and it's just for fun. Because before uh, the podcast, I was trying to put out a vlog every single week and it'd be like six or seven hours of editing up until 2 a.m. on a school night. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm burning out. Mm. And one of the things that you mentioned there that I've kind of been thinking about and kind of having the conversation in my own head about is because I've noticed when I first started podcasting that I didn't I wasn't as animated with my voice uh-huh and so but then I'm like am I am I being authentic when I'm on the podcast you know what I mean if I'm having to like be more energetic than I normally am when I talk right like, is that am I now not being who I really am you know and so I started having like these battles in my head of like well is this really because that's ultimately what I want too. I want to like just have a real conversation and record it. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's what's you know, if you look like Rogan, like that's what it seems like, whether it is or not. Like, it seems like two people or whatever just having a conversation, yeah, and we just happen to be able to listen to it, you know. So, but have you struggled with that at all, or have you thought about that at all? Yes, I have, and I know exactly what you mean, so I don't feel it so much now. But I definitely felt it more when I was vlogging where you almost create this persona or caricature. So it'd be like the very intro and I'd be like, what's up, guys? You know, like yeah. today we're going to do this. We're going to do that and be at this place and you're going to see these things. And then we'd go and we'd do it. And yeah, I was like excited to do all those things. But at the same time, I'm not always like, what's up? You know, I'm not always pumped. So I was mm -hmm. just like. I can tone it down a bit on the pod and just be me. And sometimes I am more hype, you know, if we've been drinking or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think I've done okay at being more me. And I think if you feel like you're being, like, extra here, then, like, just tone it down and be you, man. You know? Yeah, and I guess, the like, when I listen to it, though, I'd be like, well, it's not, like, it's, it's more interesting to listen to when I it's almost like i've heard actors talk about that like that being on camera is its own special skill that if you just are how you normally are in real life it will play weird on tv it will or on camera it will seem like you have less energy than you really do no i can see that uh i had a guest on my podcast a couple of weeks ago his name is brandon dejale and we had discussed that he got to work with Vin Diesel on the Triple X3 movie that came out maybe three, four years ago. And he said that off camera, Vin Diesel was very timid and quiet. So I think I, I can understand, like, I think in order to create a certain level of work, like in movies and podcasting, there is a little bit of theater to it. So... As long as you're being true to yourself and what you're saying, I think it's okay to be extra energetic if that's the outcome that you want, you know? Because, I mean, like, I wouldn't consider Vin Diesel to be a timid and quiet guy. Mm -hmm. But in his movies, he's a badass, right? Mm -hmm. But in real life, that makes sense. He probably wants to chill. And, like, after this, I'm going to go grocery shopping and, like, just be a regular dude because mm -hmm. that's what I am. So to be extra excited on the podcast, I think I think it's okay, you know? Maybe you're just in your head a lot. Cause, yeah, but well, I've been just, there. I've been there. Yeah. I yeah, I was it. just wondering, you know, what your your thought was on that because, you know, I mean, it, it and that's kind of what interested me the most about the, the opportunity to have this conversation was creative process. Mm -hmm. like, what have you noticed about what have you learned from podcasts and all that stuff? So anyway, but uh, so to kind of with the creative process, one of the things I've noticed when I'm helping people try to learn to create or like I'm doing it myself for the first time, mm -hmm. not so much now. Cause I've, I think I've made enough content that I, it's not as big a deal. But one thing I notice a lot is that when people first think about creating content, they're like, Oh, it'd be cool if I did a blah, whatever. Yeah. Is they right off the bat are like, well, I don't want people to make fun of me or they like think what is so-and-so going to think or, and so because of that, then they just 
don't do anything. Did you ever have any of those kinds of doubts? Do you remember that happening? And do you still have them? And how did you get past them to the point where you're like, well, I'm just going to do it anyway? Um, I don't... Let me think, actually, about that for a second. So I've been probably making art, at least, like, painting and doing acrylic work since I was 10. You know, I took every art class in middle school, every art class in high school. And that stuff was pretty easy for me to share because... There's, I'm in a classroom full of other artists and we're all sharing it. So that kind of helped build confidence in that aspect. But then when I went into a different medium, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I made like two hip hop CDs in high school. Okay. And that I was very, I was a lot more timid about. So Mm. I was it because you didn't trust your skills in that? You weren't sure you had? Yeah. Okay. I didn't feel like I had, I developed them enough, you know, but I, I put in a lot of work, a lot of hours. I think I would have done had a lot more success had I put out just an EP with like the four best songs but I put out all 24 26 that I made and half of them no three-fourths or 90% of them were garbage but I made physical CDs so I dropped my own money and I gave them out to people some people liked them you know like a handful I knew this one kid Miguel he loved it Mm -hmm. he was like dude let me listen like I had on my phone he was like he'd sit next to me on the bus like let me listen and I was like okay Uh, but a lot of people didn't so that like crushed me and I just stopped doing that but I think it taught me like I still I was still very proud that I worked hard on it and I put it out there at least you know it taught me a lot of lessons even though it sucked yeah and I think it's okay to suck because everyone's gonna be bad at something when they first start Mm -hmm. so that just told that that basically gave me permission to know in the future it's okay to be bad when you first start had I continued, I'd probably be a lot better, mm-hmm. you know? And so then I started making really small vlogs, nothing that I posted on YouTube, but like I had a, a GoPro and I'd f- like film around the school and I had a couple people be like, oh dude, get out of them, get that out of my face. And I was like, oh, okay. There's some levels of appropriateness and some levels of not like, that wasn't cool. I shouldn't have just put it in his face. I thought it was funny, but it wasn't cool. So then I, I had to ask more, you know, and you just learn these general things of being courteous and then after high school I just kept making things in college and then I started sharing some and it just gets easier and easier as you do it you know I learned a lot more a lot of late nights just watching YouTube tutorials on how to do something because someone else has already done it better than me and now I'm at the point where I just want to keep doing better so I'm excited to see wherever that takes me in sure. the next however many years. Okay. And so then this, you kind of mentioned it brings up, brings me to my next point. How do you deal with, you know, you like really work on producing good content, whatever it is. And you're like, okay, and put it out there. I remember when I first started blogging back in 2012. Yeah. My first ever blog post, I spent all this time, edited it, had the photos, like, it's like this is gonna be great, some you know, be awesome, and then everyone's gonna love it. I put it out, and like I think I had like three people, three mm. views, three views. three views. You know yeah. what I mean? And I would say that not much has changed. You know, mm. I put the pot out. It's not like you know, like I was telling you, no, no advertisers are breaking down the door mm-hmm. because my audience is so big. You know, I mean, there's not, like, how do you deal with? I'm going to spend a lot of time trying to make the best content I can make and I'm going to put it out and I know that not very many people are going to check it out. Well, at least that's my, like, right. you know, I don't know if you're in the same boat, but like, do you, how do you deal with that? Do you, or do you deal with no, that? No, I totally do it. Um, so when I first started, uh, the hosting platform that we both use is called Anchor and mm-hmm. it gives us some statistics about how we're doing. When I first started, my weekly or monthly viewership count was 10. Okay. And that's just through listens. That's not through YouTube views. And now it's bumped up to around 50 to 60. You know, it depends on the month. If like they're really good guests, super, super dope, like month, they'll, we'll get extra traffic. Um, and I'm not saying that any guests are less than others. I'm <laughs> yeah. just saying, you know, yeah. some people know more people. <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. But 50 is still a decent amount. Like, mm-hmm. we're here at the yard, and there's probably less than 50 people here, True. and it's still pretty busy. So I try to think about it in human terms where it's like 50 people still a lot of people. That's <laughs> like you speaking in front of a small audience, and I'd be like, oh, this is a super tiny concert almost. 
every week on a Friday, I get to talk to a small concert of people, hmm. you know, and that helps me kind of put it into perspective because a number on a computer doesn't really seem as significant as 50 human beings when you like actually attentively listening every week. Um, so that helps me. But I do think like no advertisers are knocking down the door on my side, too. Mm -hmm. But I know everyone starts somewhere and it can be really discouraging. Like I'm putting in hours and hours and hours yes. worth of my time some weeks. And I'd want it to be bigger. I'd want there to be more financial returns. You know, I'm just losing money every week I do this. Right, right. Um, but I think the thing that's gotten me through, uh, people say it's passion, but I think it's more determination. Because there were some days when I was doing my year-long goal, like I'm just going to podcast for a year, 52 weeks, 52 episodes. There was days where I had no passion. I was like super tired. I just got home from work and I had all this other shit I had to do. This is the last thing I want to do is edit or go meet with someone at 9:30 at night for an hour and a half, 40 minutes across town just to make this happen. But the thing that got me through was just determination to say, this is my goal. I'm going to meet my goal. And it was really nice when I did it. I didn't have a big party, you know, after the 52nd episode dropped that day, I rode my bike from work to the donut shop. I got myself a jelly-filled donut with a nice coffee, and I was just by myself. And that was, like, the coolest celebration, like, internal motivation. Like, you did it, dude. I don't need the world clapping for me because I know I did it. Hmm. Well, and that's one of the things. So I, that brought up a couple questions. For sure. One, the reason, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on was, like we were talking about a little bit off the pod, like, I respect people that execute. And, you know, I, I, that resonated with me when you were talking about, like, I said I, I, said I was going to do something and I did it. Yeah. You know, like, that's, that, that matters because I think that is kind of a rare thing in society. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, so respect for Thank that you. for sure. Um, the other thing I've noticed, too, have you noticed that if I've noticed it doesn't even necessarily matter so much who the guest is for me, if they share on their social platforms... I've noticed there's a ton more traffic from that. Right. Have you noticed that? Um, yes and no. Not everyone, not every guest I have shares. Um, I've read some online articles where they encourage me as a podcast host to create small snippets in postable content. So maybe an Instagram post with their photo and some audio on the bottom with a timeline and some tags and some hashtags. And then maybe a story thing and then a link to YouTube. They have like all these things that they say I could do. And then I send that to, I could send that to the guest beforehand mm -hmm. and then they could share it. And they say that's like a really good way to grow your audience. But that just seemed like extra work to me. I think I'm doing okay with what I'm doing. I probably should do it, mm -hmm. but I've chosen not to thus far. And the only thing I do is, you know, I put out a post, I put a link to where you can listen to it and I share I basically tag them in like the heads up on my story like hey this is out this is a guest go listen and if they decide that they care to share it then they can and they do and it normally creates better traffic but if they don't I don't want to ever uh, have the guests feel like they're pressured to do so sure. just like I'm using them for their audience I never want them to think that like if you guys think you're the people who follow you will like get a kick out of it then like that's great mm -hmm. if not or like you're too big or whatever or you forget or you just don't feel like it you're like ah oh, he's 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 got it with his audience because this is essentially for like mine right or mm -hmm. yours mm -hmm. um then that's good enough for me yeah i do think though it it is interesting because the way i view it is i'm making content for them you know what yeah. i mean like i mean every pod episode i've done has been like a chance for that person to share parts of themselves maybe stuff that people didn't know about them and mm -hmm. so I mean, ultimately, I'm making content for them. So, I mean, I don't tell them, hey, share this or whatever. But, I mean, I've definitely noticed that when they do share it, that it's definitely bumped the numbers up. Because, ultimately, their audience is going to be more interested in them than my audience would, per se. Because they're listening to hear whatever. But, right. you know, those people actually are invested in the guest's life. So, I mean, um, yeah, I've, I have definitely noticed that that's part of it. And do you see it as making content for the guess or no um that's a interesting question no not really i kind of see it as just like 
an experience mm-hmm. almost and i didn't before i i just always thought of it as like a regular conversation you know and we just so happen to be recording it but i had a guest about a month ago and when i was packing everything up and putting it in my backpack he was like dude you're like a mobile experience and i never thought about it that way but i was like that's kind of what it is because i am portable so i'm going to meet people or they're coming to meet me or i'm going to their house and we're having a moment, you know, like even right now, this is a moment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, yeah, in a way you're kind of, you are making stuff for them because then they get to share it if they want. Mm-hmm. Would, I guess. I mean, it probably, I mean, I don't know for you, but I would say at the end of my podcast, I always feel like, man, that person really like explained themselves well or mm-hmm. like, you know, it helped to highlight how awesome they are, you know, like every person because i mean really you know we were kind of talking about like how do you select your guests and whatever yeah i do try to find people that are unique and doing something cool but at the end of the day like everybody has some kind of story and some oh yeah kind of unique thing to them and so if i can help them tell that or help them bring it out like mm-hmm. that's a win you I know th- and it is sort of when i that's how i look at it is like how do i make a piece of content for them that helps to authentically tell their story yeah you know i think the best word or the word that sticks out to me the most that you said is highlight because that's exactly what i try to do to the guests is like highlight their strength their their attributes what they've done and at the end of the day i think we have a really dope community in salem and more people should know about the cool people who are doing stuff in town Hmm. yeah that's kind of like the way i see it like i have noticed that like a lot of the because we were talking about some of the local podcasters yeah no there's not very many basically on one hand but um you know, they have taken that route of, like, trying to highlight how cool Salem is. I haven't felt that as much. Not to say Salem isn't cool. Yeah. But, I mean, I've been – I just want to talk to interesting people. I don't care where they live. Like, I mm-hmm. I just want to talk to cool people doing cool things. So, it wasn't – it has been interesting, though, for me to see kind of, like – and that's the cool thing about having multiple people doing podcasts is that everybody's perspective is a little bit different. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. That's true. I mean, I've talked to some people up in Portland, but – I just think like Salem, although it's like a local town that some people think is like complete garbage, uh, why not highlight our cool little little podunk place, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, you're over a year in, you're further ahead than me, so you're over a year in with the podcast. What are like the the lessons that you've learned about podcasting? Because we were talking about, it's kind of a weird, this is a, normally when I'm talking to someone, they have like this unique thing that they're doing, but... I do think podcasts are going to continue to... I don't think we've hit the saturation point where people are like, okay, I'm over mm-hmm. podcasts. I think it's going to continue to grow and people, more and more people are going to listen to them. So I think you know, there's probably a number of people listening on yours and mine that are th- at least thinking about starting a podcast. Right. So you're a year in. What kind of lessons have you learned if you were talking to people that were going to start a podcast? What would you tell them? Uh, don't spend a lot of money unless it's on audio equipment like i wouldn't go and rent out a space and buy some like nice cozy chairs and like a granite marble cubic zirconium golden inflated table or something Mm -hmm. like that doesn't need to be fancy i think the most important thing is a good microphone for good audio because that's this medium is podcasting it's just audio yes uh so have that uh and ideally, try to find it like on sale anywhere, like Best Buy, uh, Amazon. Uh, my mics only cost a hundred dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. Everything else, um, total, it was like five hundred dollars setup. If you don't have five hundred dollars, literally just get the cheapest best mic you can. Uh, aside from that, for anyone who's trying to get into podcasting, I would say do your research and do some practice runs before you even publish anything. Like your first four or five podcast episodes are probably going to be pretty garbage. Yes. Like, yeah, you're either going to stumble, you're going to be muttering, you're going to be eating while you're doing it. There's going to be clicking in the background. You don't know how to edit yet. Like you'll figure all that out as you continue. But doing them is what kind of helps you get the practice. So much learning experience is just doing it. So do like five and be totally okay to scrap them all. If you're trying to produce something really high quality from the very beginning, but if you're okay to show your process, 
then feel free to put them out there. Like, See, and that's what I did. Like, I, I think back to the very first one I did was with my mom. Yeah. And we ranked the teen moms in order of craziest to least crazy. I've talked nice. about this on the show a couple times. But, you know, like, I was using my AirPods. I just called her and used Anchor to record it. Mm-hmm. The call dropped a couple times. You know, I mean, it was just, you know, my mom and I had never been on a podcast, obviously. So, right. I mean, you know, but... Like, yeah, I do think, you know, maybe if this podcast ever takes off, you look back, you can point to it and say, well, look what I, look at what it used to be. Where where I came from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really encouraging also for people who are starting. Like, uh, prior, I like looked at Joe Rogan's and his like first episode, it's like on a pixelated camera screen and there's like these stupid effects on there. Like, I think he had a snowflake effect on the camera. Yep. And, and they was, were at his house, like on his couch for for yeah, some of the episodes. It yeah. was just it was yeah. like not high quality. And then he's been doing it, I think, now for ten years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, ten years—that's a long time. But if this is where his start was and where he is now, my start's not so bad either. Now we have better equipment, better technology, better resources. Like you can share things on the internet way easier than you could ten years ago. Right. And I was listening to Rogan, maybe not like ten years ago, but eight and a half to nine and i remember i was like oh you should check out this podcast people like what's a podcast oh yeah you know what i mean people didn't even know yeah they didn't even know what it is so i mean i do think yeah you look back at that and it is kind of encouraging it's hard though because you're like well all his friends were stand-ups and you know what i mean like so incredible guest right away like super funny (laughs) yeah so i mean he did have some advantages but at the same time i'm also like well he had some disadvantages because he had to like educate people on what a podcast was like mm-hmm. we don't really have those and you're right the improved equipment shoot if we wanted to we could record it from our iphone like it'd the, probably be better than what it was 10 years 100%. ago 100 percent. yeah so i mean i i'm on that same i'm kind of optimistic about the whole thing too i think that you know even though we're starting you know eight years after rogan mm-hmm. you know there's still i think a lot of space for people i think there's room for us to grow yeah you know? so I think it's exciting. No, it really is. Like, uh, I think I took... You're, you're fine. Thank you. Uh, I took, I think, three months of telling people I'm going to do it this. It was noisy, but she was, was at least recycling. Yeah, so we're, that's true. We're stoked on that. Yeah. She good, doesn't need to apologize. Good for that lady. You're good. Good on you. Um, So it's been about... I, I spent like three or four months, I believe, just telling people I'm going to do this mm-hmm. and like planning and scheming and kind of brainstorming what I was going to do before I did it. And during those three or four months, I was listening to another Joe Rogan podcast, one of his episodes. And he said, and this was like the turning point for me where I was given almost the green light where I allowed myself to fully commit to this as a goal was when he said, cause I thought the same thing, like when I'm first starting, oh, the market's already oversaturated. There's mm-hmm. so many people. Who am I? There's no money. There's no gear. And he said, there's enough pie for everyone. Like, here we have a big slice, and there's all these podcasts already there. So they're taking up, like, 60%, 70% of it. And, you know, you might just start out getting crumbs at first, but then you can start getting, like, some bigger crust, and then you can get a little sliver. And... It's not impossible because there's, what, 8 billion people in the world? And I was like, I only need a couple thousand really good listeners. And I'm like, that's enough for me, you know? Mm-hmm. A couple hundred and that's good enough for me. Fifty Right now, what I have is yeah. good enough for me because I like it. Yeah. More is a bonus, I guess, if you want to make some money off of it. But I liked what he said. Mm-hmm. There's enough. There's enough pie for everyone. Yeah, and that's one of the things he's been really good at, and he'll call out, like, the famine mentality. Like, if I was like, oh, I don't want the Jellyfield podcast to succeed because what about my – but, like, that mentality is so terrible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's why it's, like, I think it helps us, too. Like, if I can expose my audience to to you, maybe 30% of them are like, oh, man, I really like that guy. Yeah. And they become your listeners. Well, how's it? that's good. Like, a rising tide lifts all ships. On you know, both like, sides. For yeah. sure, for sure. Um, what – have you have you learned now that you've been doing this for a year? Have you has the podcast taught you anything about yourself? Uh, yeah. So during my break, <clears throat> I had like um, I don't know quarter life crisis. I guess okay. it was like week one of not doing the podcast. I was like woke up in the middle of the night. What am I doing with my life? And then week two of the break, I was like becoming more okay. Like no, this is my life. I'm here. I am. And then week three. I got really lonely. I was like missing talking to people every week because aside from that, my work, I didn't have much human interaction. 
And then week four, I was like, I'm going to do this again because I miss it. And yeah. then five, six, seven, and eight, I just got back to work. And then week nine of the break is when I actually started posting things again and then just been working at it. Um, but the main thing that I l learned was probably two things. Uh, one, being gratitude, just really grateful to be where I am right now at this age, in this place here in Salem, and being fortunate enough to have these moments with these people to just talk about life and whatever else comes up because I don't think people actually sit down and communicate like we used to. And yeah, sure, technology's been a factor where people have poor communication like I'll look at I don't know I'll be at Olive Garden or something and half the couples there are all just looking at their phones and I was like man what is what, what are they doing on their phone that's so much more important than the person right in front of them like mm -hmm. that saddens me and not all of them are doing that but it's something I've seen a lot yeah. and so I think meeting face to face is not only good psycho psychologically for humans because we are a species that enjoys community and belonging but just also to learn, to vent, uh, to find new perspectives. And the second thing is that people are dope. Even if I'm a homebody some days and I don't want to go out and see the world or go shopping for groceries, at the end of the day, people are dope. Hmm. And what has, what led you to that? Just like you loved talking to people and learning their story or how did the podcast teach you that? From talking to all the individuals that I've talked to so far, off the record and on the record, there's just something like, I don't know, like maybe I think too big about this, but like in the whole timeline of the universe and as vast as the, the world is, you know, what are the chances that me and you are connected because of the internet and can mm. have this conversation and think about life and not only just be discussing but being able to use this to help others listening on what is essentially an exponential scale mm -hmm. you know like yeah maybe we only get so many listeners per week per episode per month but then say boom one episode it blows up millions see it and then with those millions they get curious they're like i want to listen to more they go to the other stuff and then hundreds of thousands go and they stick around they follow and they can gain value um I feel like I'm digressing, but I don't no, know. But by the end of it, I just think after talking with everyone, I'm just thankful that they've given me their time. They've let me into their life to listen, to talk, to discuss, to brainstorm. Uh, because it's something that I think a lot of people lack in today's society is genuine human connections and interactions. So much of our lives are so static and surface when you go to the grocery store oh hey you may not even talk to the grocer mm -hmm. when they're bagging out checking your stuff if you go to the bank some people don't like to go in to talk to the person at the bank and they just go to the atm i get it it's more convenient uh but again i just think physically and mentally it's important to talk to someone i've talked to people who work from home and the second they see a person, they blah, 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 blah. Like they, mm -hmm. they, they spill their life out to them because Truth. they've needed that Truth. all day. Yeah, that social know? interaction. Yeah. It's huge. They it miss actually, it. It reminds me, I'm reading a book right now, Malcolm Gladwell's new book, uh -huh. Talking to Strangers. Incredible. Like the stuff he's talking about in there. First of all, he, I really love the way he writes. But mm -hmm. like the way he's, he's talking, he kind of talks about the Sandra Bland. He opens a book with the Sandra Bland case. You remember her? No. She was the um, African-American woman who, I can't remember, I think she was in North Carolina, but the cop pulled her over, white cop, and uh, ended up arresting her for failure to signal. Is this she, recent? Uh, it's like three years ago. Okay. She wouldn't comply. She wouldn't comply with the officer's request. Cause she was like, why are you trying to arrest me for failure to signal? signal. Like, just give me a ticket, at, yeah. if anything. So she, he ends up yanking her out of the car, takes her to jail, and three days later she committed suicide, and there was like Oh, my God. This, there was in jail. She committed suicide. So there was some like, some, was it a conspiracy? Like, did they actually murder her? Maybe like, it's been building up. Yeah. So there was, you know, so it became like a national conversation. But anyway, he he was talking about how this type of interaction now humans don't humans have never really been good at it, 
but because of how society is moving, it's even worse now. And those yeah. differences are actually causing a lot of this these types of problems. Mm-hmm. And so he's gonna he's I'm only about a hundred pages into the book, but it's incredible. Like he's talking about some social experiments that blow your mind. Like, and I this is totally I'm just no, you're fine. I'm, I'm curious. What what are they? So he had this guy, and they would do like uh, a, they'd have a list of words that were incomplete. So it'd say like. B dash dash K and then it okay. works like and so then it said just tell me the first word you think of that goes with that that you would use to complete that B dash dash K so those dashes are like you where can, a letter would be yes okay uh, beacon even though it doesn't well, it just it's, it can only be those four letters B dash dash K so oh beak okay or book like I said book first right? okay and so anyway so he had like a list of like 20 of those mm-hmm. and so what he did after he, he did this experiment was he asked people what do you think the you completing those words? So you said beak, I said book. Like, what does that say about us? Oh, okay. right. And everyone in the study, every single person in the study said nothing. Like, we're just completing the words. Like, it was just we're doing first, what you asked us. Something. Yeah, right. But then the interesting thing about the experiment was he took those results. So he took our results and gave them to other people. Yeah. And said, tell me what these people completing these words say about them. Now, granted, these people had just said. It didn't mean anything for me. Mm-hmm. I just filled the words in. They get these back and say, what does this say about other people? And they're all like, oh, well, this person's too competitive. This person's probably pretty lazy. But they all had an opinion and about it. And they just knew. They had just said they don't mean anything to me. Yeah. But what they mean about everybody else is something. Hmm. It was cr- it's crazy. And That's so, really interesting. And he was also talking about how this, I can't remember who did the study, but they, they pulled 500,000 cases from... New York, and they ran it through some sophisticated algorithm to predict how many people that were let out on bail would commit a dangerous crime while they were on bail. And the computer program was 25% more accurate at predicting who would commit a crime than the actual judges themselves. Wow. And so it's he's just kind of breaking down like... We're actually not very good at reading other people, and we think we're good. Mm-hmm. And that's been my big thing is, like, I do feel like everyone's like, man, I'm, I, I have a good bullshit radar. I'm such a good judge of character. I'm like, if that's the case, someone has to be a bad judge of character. Yeah. And why have I not met that person? That's like, and actually, I did meet one this week. I was talking to my friend about it. We're sitting in the sauna, and this guy, random guy in the sauna is like, actually, I'll tell you what. I'm a bad judge of character. I'm yeah. Like, Wait, what? He's like, yeah. It's like I'm a horrible judge of character, but it's really got me thinking about that. Like we look at things and we overestimate how good we are at reading other people. Right. I don't even know where this came from. Like this is, but like I've really been thinking a lot about this book is just, it's insanely good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really got me thinking about how that was so weird though to think like these people did this test. And they were like, oh, this doesn't mean anything to me. But then just, oh, what does it say about other people? Oh, well, it says all kinds of stuff. Huh. No, I can I can see that. Like, I mean, you got book, I got beacon. So book, you're reading. And me, yeah. or I said beak. Yeah. I don't know. I'm birds, I guess. Like, yeah. And they're like, okay, well, what's he interested about birds for? He likes the outdoors and you like reading. You're a homebody. Right. And I'm out, out outdoors person. Who knows? But the crazy thing to me is that those people had just got done saying all these mean nothing to me. Yeah. But then when they get a list and ask to apply for to someone people, else, they're like, "Oh yeah, it was totally mean stuff." It's weird. Yeah, it's they, weird. I think oftentimes they don't want to like maybe self-analyze that much. You yeah. know, where it's just like, "Oh, I'm just doing what you asked of." But I don't know. But yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's just the the book has got me thinking a lot about how because I've thought that a lot too. Like the context is really important for all things. You know, like, I can think, oh, man, I feel like I interview people really well, and then I'll watch Howard Stern. I'm like, ooh, okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Take r- it back. Ridiculous. Take it back, you know. And I think that, you know, we can – it is important to hit that context because I have seen that a lot, I, and I'm, I don't want to, like, bag on people my age that own businesses, but maybe even a little bit older, like, I, that have owned businesses for a long time, I see them a lot of times thinking that they're smarter than they really are. Mm-hmm. But they had the benefit of when they were younger, they had good social connections that were people were like helping to support their business. Mm-hmm. And they somehow along the way think, oh, I'm really good at running a business. But they're not really good at it. They just had like good social, you know what I mean? Like right. they benefited from some lucky 
situations and yet they and i'm not saying that's not part of running your business too i think the social side is Mm -hmm. but i'm saying like they see they look at other people's businesses and feel like oh i can tell them what to do because i know what i'm doing but it's like i mean if we really dig into why you're successful like that's probably probably doesn't have much to do with your business execution and more so with your social networks and you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so anyway well i think after like a certain amount of time people find themselves like thinking and i don't think it's like necessarily a positive thing but it's not necessarily really negative either but they think they're an expert at something and i like to try to think i'm what's the saying wedding wedding and kennedy has like a saying uh that every time you show up to work you walk in stupid Hmm. that way every day just shut up and listen to someone else because you'll probably learn something more that way for sure for sure Hmm. i like that I hadn't heard that. And they're like the most successful ad agency in the world. But yeah, um, yeah, pretty big one. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so rounding back. Sorry, we took a you're good. We took a left turn out there, but that was good. Uh, what's your strategy for growing the podcast? So that's varied in certain ideas that I've thought of. One brainstorm idea that I've had that I have not yet done was very guerrilla marketing and kind of old school. And I was just thinking maybe I'll go to a couple college campuses give out some free donuts, some free coffee, be like, hey. Uh, and then they'd ideally ask, aside from taking the donut or coffee and saying, hey, thanks, I'm going to class now. What are you doing this for? And then that's when I could tell them, just here to promote my show. Feel free to listen in between class, on your commute, whatever you got. That's all I ask. Enjoy the food. And that's one idea I've had. Haven't done it yet. Now are you going to take jelly-filled donuts down there? or what? No, I'll take any donuts. Okay, right, yeah, right, I'll right. take any because okay. I know not everyone likes jelly-filled. I yeah. do, but like, um, I think they'll remember the premise enough sure. if they're there. I'll probably buy a couple extras, but yeah. I get it if they don't go. I'm just going to get the most popular donuts that will ideally be gone by the end of the day because I don't want to take them home. And another idea that I've thought of but haven't pursued is just traditional marketing where maybe I make uh, Instagram story post or actual post and I can just pay for the advertising through Facebook or however they do it nowadays and it's like $10 and you get a couple hundred impressions so maybe I'd put in a couple hundred dollars and see if that helps but that has no guarantee that it'll actually bring, bring traffic to the site to the show and Aside from that, I'm just kind of going off of word of mouth, people sharing and liking, and they're like, oh, I know that person, I'll listen, and if people stick around, that's great, and if they don't, that's okay too, because I'd rather they spend their time doing something they enjoy listening to better. Hmm. Okay. And what? how does podcasting compare now to when you started as far as like your expectations? Is it is it like what you expected, totally different than what you expected? Like, How is that? I think for the most part, it is what I expected, but I have learned that it's not as easy as I thought it was. That's maybe the only thing. It's like that it really is work, even though it may not feel like it at the time. Uh, Like when I'm recording, I don't think it's work. But then when I'm at home and having to do everything else for a couple of hours and that is work and scheduling and always getting back, going back and forth with people. For me, that's work. It's not my favorite part of the, the gig but I understand that it is part of it. And I think about like when I worked at Carl's Jr., I liked being at the cash cash register and talking to people. I didn't so much like cleaning the bathrooms, but it's still part of the job. Right. The fun and the not so fun. And I learned, I'm treating it almost like I'm self-employed, even though I'm not making money off of this. Mm-hmm. That like, if I do this full time, there are always going to be parts of it that I will not 100% enjoy. Definitely. But the parts that I do enjoy ideally weigh it out Hmm. okay interesting yeah has there been a most memorable moment on the podcast or a couple moments where you're like oh that was crazy or uh like something that the guest did i don't know Uh, like whatever like when i say that what's the thing first thing you're like oh that was memorable (laughs) uh geez i think i think the brain is really good at remembering the bad okay okay (laughs) i think my worst podcast experience was like driving uh about 40 miles away to meet a guest and then waiting three hours in my car because there was a lot of communication problems and like the timing was off right so whatever i'm waiting but i'm already 40 miles away from home so i'm sticking around to get this done for the show and then 
we do the recording and it's great super awesome interaction and then realize you tell me you didn't record this i'm gonna go nuts go ahead and then it didn't get recorded oh no yeah um Or at least a part of it, you know? They, I have maybe six or seven episodes where video was just completely gone. Okay. Uh, we got the audio, though. You know? Okay. okay. Um, but the video was gone, and that was still a big bummer. Sure. So that was a headache, and but it was okay, because I learned at the very end of the day, this is more than likely the worst that it's ever going to get, <laughs> like where I'll never make that mistake of having the miscommunication on the wrong times, mm-hmm. or ideally I won't, so I don't end up three hours early than when they're actually available. Um, I don't go up to Portland very often, but when I do, I double, triple check. This is the time we're meeting, and you're going to be there. Please save this m- amount of time for us. Mm-hmm. And it's been a godsend. Hmm. Um, best time? I don't know. I think they're all awesome. You know, every interaction is different. Every person's different. So, like, sometimes I leave and I was like, wow, that completely changed my mind about something I already thought of. Or, wow, I learned something new that day. Or that was just fun in general because we laughed and or whatever, you know. Sure. So I think that, yeah, they're just all dope in my opinion. I don't think there's been, like, one specific favorite. I'll just tell you that that was my least favorite. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> you know, but it was cool. Like, it's done. It's over and... uh Makes for a decent story. For sure, for sure. Um, okay, so if someone, like, if an alien came from outer space and was like, listen, I've limited time here on this planet right now. I want to check out some of your content. What two episodes should I check out? Mine? Yes. If an alien wanted to see my stuff. Oh, man. Uh, okay, not that one, not that one, not that one. <laughs> one of my personal favorite episodes is going to be... Uh, I don't remember the number, but it's with Ashton Watson. Okay. I thought he was an individual who had a lot of good stuff to share about his creative process and just being a cool person in general. So I'll say that's one that really stuck with me. Um, and then two, two, I would maybe say... I don't know, man. That, that's okay. okay. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Hold on. We can circle back. Like, you, you know, let it fester, let it simmer, and maybe something will come up as we go. I'll we say can... check out a vlog so you can have some reference as okay. to where I've come from as well. I liked the surfing one you did with David. That was cool. But maybe yeah, it was fun. Oh, we ate shit so much yeah. that day. It was <laughs> like we weren't catching any waves. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe just go back to something really old to something new to see, like, they can kind of imagine the process. But okay. if, if an alien came, I'd probably tell them, go watch, like, Pulp Fiction or something. Like, you'll yeah, probably yeah, be yeah. more entertained off of that or confused versus my stuff so far. It's true. It's true. Or, or maybe, like, not, don't watch anything. Like, let's interact with the aliens. That'd be cool. But like, let's just talk? Yeah. yeah. Let's just find out what's going on. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and I kind of want to ask us a couple specific podcasting questions. For sure. We talked about, I think this could be valuable. I mean... I'm almost at a year. You are over a year now. You know, how? So I just kind of want to technically kind of check off some of the boxes. For sure. Questions I had when I first started how do you book your guests? Uh, like, do you so have a proce- what's your process for that? I normally just go on Instagram and I say, hey, would you ever want to be on my podcast? It's a show where I talk to people who I think are doing dope stuff about whatever in our town. And I'll either get ghosted and like ignored or they'll never see it. Or because like sometimes they're bigger like um, profiles and I'm sure they don't check their messages readily. I know people got like inbox 1000, 2000 on just their email. So I get it. They're busy. So sometimes I never hear anything back. Other times they say yes and it never happens because of time conflictions. And when we do get that sweet spot and someone does say yes, it's like, okay, now that you've agreed, when are you available? Can let's make it happen. And as soon as we get a date, I'll try to accommodate that as best as possible. We'll land on something, and we do it just, boom, right then and there. And sometimes it's, like, super last minute, like the day before. Hmm. I've had it, like, they say yes, and we find the time, and we do it the very next day. Hmm. Those are nice because it's, like, it feels like we got it done, and I'm not hitting them up after a month, and they're getting back to me after two weeks because they went on vacation and then a wedding with their sister and mm-hmm. then had to go to Utah for whatever, and yeah. then they came back, and now they're swamped with their regular work. So those quick ones are my favorite. And 
As of lately, the only thing that I've added to my regimen is I've made a list of everyone I've asked, and I've either put a no next to their name that they denied being on it, uh, the word asked that I hit mm -hmm. them up and I'm just waiting for a response, mm -hmm. seen to know that they ghosted me, mm -hmm. and then scheduled to know that they said yes and we're planning and I put the date as to when that'll be. Okay. So I put those four things to give me a kind of a checklist so I don't re-ask I don't know, seven months down the line, I forget that I already hit them up about it. They already said no. I don't want to bug them twice. Sure. Okay. And what are you using to edit? Uh, GarageBand. Okay, me too. Yeah, free okay. software on the Mac. Right. Good shit. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's fantastic. And then we both. you mentioned that we're both using Anchor. Correct. Which I think is fantastic. I mean... For it being free? Yeah, for, that's what I'm saying, for a free... It's personally my favorite. I had... Uh, Podbean, but it was like 30 bucks a month or 20 bucks a month. And mm -hmm. then I switched to SoundCloud and that was 15 bucks a month. And so far, the free one has been the easiest one to use. I agree. Best interface. So, yeah, if you're new to podcasting, I'd check out anchor.fm. Yeah, I agree. It's fantastic. Um, and we did not get paid by Anchor for that. No, I'm just, I like legit think they're a good hosting service for anyone getting into it. So, for yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, then just a couple like, uh, questions about you random questions that i've i've been thinking i want to start asking guests more like i don't know not such not just be so serious i think my personality lends itself to being like ultra serious focused really i just want to yeah i, just oh, no, I can totally see you being way more goofy I don't even worry wanna, about it i want to dissect stuff i want to understand how things are how can we replicate you know how do we how do we find success so anyway uh so and we kind of i prepped you for it early to give you some time because it is kind of tough like when you put people on the spot but is there a character in a movie tv show book or something that you have found yourself really relating to a tv show a movie or a, a book yeah a book yeah um like i see myself in that yeah. book or uh, tv show like maybe a character that you're like man I, I someone that resonates with you you know so hopefully not like lord lord voldemort but you know, <laughs> somebody like some character where you like, I don't know, maybe you just like feel a kinship to them or like, I don't know. You okay. Like well, that's, you know, I was actually thinking about this earlier this week. There's like a weird thing and an unfortunate thing in underrepresentation and Latinos in the media. Mm -hmm. Because when I look at Vogue, I don't see a brown dude. I see like, who is the guy who played 007? Um, uh, Daniel Craig? Yeah, Daniel Craig. So, mm -hmm. like, super handsome older guy, and, you mm -hmm. know, it's 007, so he's badass. And when I was younger, it's like, oh, yeah, I want to be like Daniel Craig, but, like, I don't know. That's changed over the years. Like, yeah, it's badass, but I don't see myself in him. I can't relate to him. It's a completely different life. Sure. Um, so it's been interesting to think, like, okay, for all the other hispanic kids growing up in a small town and they only have like say the media and whatever they see there's not too many people in my opinion that they can like look up to you know so it's like i look up to my mom a lot mm -hmm. some community members who i know are doing cool stuff but then there's like okay cesar chavez did great things and then like we'll say for entertainment um what's his name julio dirbes i don't he, he's a comedian and he's made like a decent amount of movies, but I don't see myself in him. But anyways, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of going off again. Uh, the main thing, I guess, that I really like is Rocky hmm. and Sylvester Stallone. And okay. more so because of how real that movie is, where he's just a regular Joe Blow, you know, doing shitty jobs, breaking people's thumbs for money for some other guy who gets paid way more than him. He's a scumbag. Mm -hmm. And he was just, he always struck me as one humble, hardworking, you know, they had the whole training sequence that they made millions and millions of spoofs off of. Mm -hmm. So hardworking and just a nice guy. When he met Adrian, he wasn't like that smooth player, like, Oh hey, check out my Bentley. Like mm -hmm. she fell in love with him even when he was poor and broke, and he was just doing his best to be a good guy in an honest way. Like hey man, let me smooth talk the ice skating rink, dude. Like here's ten bucks, man. Let, let, let us just have a date. She's sick. She needs to be on the ice, and that to me 
is so much more appealing than this big rich guy coming out in like a Porsche and he it looks like he's already got everything together like he Rocky was more real for me and for him to get into the first match and if you haven't seen the movie spoiler alert he <laughs> it loses was made in 1970 something so yeah, yeah. well I, I know some people still haven't seen it <laughs> but true, it's but true. still most people have but anyways he loses and nowadays Hollywood doesn't want the main character to lose they're always the winner you know I think that's why uh, Game of Thrones was such a success is because so often enough the main characters that people would fall in love with ended up dying and it was something different it was unexpected it wasn't what we saw on a day-to-day it wasn't anticipated and the Hollywood market's been so oversaturated that we want something new we want something original something real and real is sad but real is real and that appeals to me and for me even though Rocky is of course just a fictional movie it had a really real premise and feel to it. It's not flashy. There's no special effects. They're just in some part of, I think, Brooklyn. So Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of beat up. they're in Philadelphia. Th- it, was it Philly? Yeah, because that's... No, really yeah, you're right, with the steps. So mm-hmm. they're in Philly. And, the, I mean, it's not sexy. It was dirty yeah. in a lot of the scenes, you know? For sure. So I was just like, yeah, that's more on on par with life. And I, that's what I like. Hmm. There's an author, Shea Serrano, just wrote a book called Movies and Other Things that I think you would be What's it called? Movies and Other Things. Movies and Other Things? Yeah. Okay. He's a Latino writer. So Really good. good? Super good. Okay. And like just pop culture expert. Anyway, yeah. Nice. You'd probably dig him. Uh, what other podcasts do you listen to? So my, I think, all-time favorite podcast is How I Built This by Guy Raz. Hmm. And he talks with... Uh, CEOs and entrepreneurs who have created successful companies and gets the backstory on how they came to be, um, not necessarily themselves, but the company. So he's talked with the CEOs of Instagram and Lyft, and hmm. I don't I don't recall if he did Alibaba, but he did like Red Mill Oatmeal and a bunch of brands that you're probably really familiar with and uh, Burton Snowboards and Patagonia with Yvonne Chouinard. So I just listen to those and it's, I think, also really inspiring for someone who's creating because you get to see their root story. Like all these big brands like, oh, I'll never make a Patagonia. Well, you may never do it, but you may build something different in a completely different field and you'll know that you're not alone to find out that, oh, they were on the verge of bankruptcy at one point, that they had to give up their mortgage to their house to make this work, and that they were wor- working 100 hours a week with their family and their aunt and borrowing money from everyone they could meet just to make this work. And hmm. fortunately, they've turned into generally some pretty big success stories. And that's called How I Built, built this? this. How I Built This that by sounds, Guy Ross. Cool. I'm going to check that out. It's from NPR. Okay. And then I really like NPR Tiny Desk Concerts. Those are cool to listen to. It's kind of like a mini playlist for me. I'll just run through them, and it's different music by great artists. They normally play, like, their top three songs, so mostly singles. And aside from that, I don't know. There's, like, 40 podcasts that I'm, like, cycling through. Um, But if I find one I really like, I'll just listen to the whole series. I'll binge listen the whole thing whether it's 100 hours or whatever, and I won't move on to another one until I'm done with that. Now, were you into, like, the true crime, like, serial podcasts? You no. Okay. Yeah, those are really popular, and so yeah, it's, like, yeah. the, all the murder ones and the yeah. horror things. I don't listen to any of them. I've tried, okay. but they don't interest me. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Uh, what about, like, if there was a Mount Rushmore of movies, what would be on your Mount Rushmore? A Mount Rushmore movie? A Mount Rushmore of movies, so, like, your top four. Who oh, would, who would be like what movies would be on there? Okay, so we'll put Rocky up there okay. for sure. That okay. one's definitely a big favorite for mine. And then we'll say another three. So Mount Rushmore of movies. I really liked Interstellar. Okay, different, very different for me. I'd, if I wish they were still showing showing it in the theater, so anyone who didn't see it could still see it in theater because i heard the sound it was something with the sound with yeah that movie. it was just ridiculous like it really was an experience in theater if i watched it like for the first time at home it wouldn't nearly be as impactful okay um i really really like the pursuit of happiness 
Also super really? real, super sad with Will Smith. <sighs> yeah. Just like, God, first time I saw that in theaters, you just hear the whole movie theater sniffling. There's tears everywhere. But that was one of my all-time favorites because it just showed, like, I love that hustle story. You know, like, he, he's in a shitty marriage, and then at the end of it, he is the stockbroker that he wanted to be. He makes a good amount of money, and he can take care of his family and everything. Shout out to Chris Gardner. Cool, mm. cool dude. Okay. And then, uh, let's see, for a fourth, uh, The Endless Summer. Hmm. Okay. Have you seen it? It's just a surfing movie. and Yes. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a documentary, right? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking, man, why do I know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. old. I think it's from like the f- 88 or something, yeah, early 90s. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, I think it might be. I think you're right. I want to say it's like 70s, 80s. 70s, 80s? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's nothing particular about the story itself because there's not much to it. It's just following these two guys and they go from uh, Cape Town, South Africa to a couple other places. I think they went to... Western Australia to, you know, just surf. Mm -hmm. Really simple. But the aesthetic to the whole film, in addition to the dialogue by the director, is something that I could watch every single Saturday, or not Saturday, Sunday, because it's so relaxing for me. Now, have you seen Step Into Liquid? Yeah. Yeah. Also a really good movie. Riding Giants. Yeah. And that was like a cool era in the surf world where they were starting to transition into the newer, younger generation. And they, Mm -hmm. I really liked how they kind of started bringing a lot more of the Groms into the film Mm -hmm. and the scene and Groms being like just young kid surfers and seeing what they were going to be doing in the industry. Did you see uh, HBO put out a documentary? Bill Simmons was involved with it. Oh man, I can't remember the title of it. Fish people. No, it was about uh, that that group like Kelly Slater and his group that was living in Hawaii mm-hmm. and uh, Rob Machado and like all those guys, how they all lived together in this really? house. No, and, I never yeah, saw it. Was it. Awesome. And it kind of talks about how though, like, you know, as Kelly Slater was rising up, there was kind of a, a rift between him and some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. And sort of now they're all in their forties. Just and, cool buddies. And they were able to like mend all those good. Fence. It's it's an incredible that you would really like that one. No, I, yeah, I definitely I can't would. Can't remember what the name of it is. I'll put it in the show notes because it was really good and I, I really liked it a lot. But anyway, um, yes, okay. So endless summer is on there too. Um, is there one show you think people should absolutely see? For me, it's Breaking Bad. But is there one show for sure you're like before you die you should, you should see this? So. I'm actually just now been watching Breaking Bad for the first time, oh, like okay. years after it's aired. But the movie just came out recently. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I've been unemployed for like four days, and okay. I'm I'm making my way through the seasons because this is a really good show. So yes. I completely agree. Okay. Totally see it before you die. Um, Where are you at in the show? What season? Season three. Okay. Yeah. So right. I've just. I don't know. Th- that's the sweet spot, like right in there. Gus Fring is involved, right? Like Super he's, good. He's there, and uh, Bob Odenkirk shows up as Saul. I mean, oh man. Yeah, it's, yes. it's great. It's great. I'm like jealous of you. I wish I could go back to when I had not seen it before, man. And rewatch it's it. So good. Yeah, no, it's so I've good. been really enjoying it, and uh, my mom's like a really peaceful and quiet woman, and I was watching it, and she actually got into it, and I was like, dope let's finish this thing together so it's been fun uh but if there was one show i had to guarantee someone see before they die i think it would be adventure time Hmm. on cartoon network it ran i think about six seasons it was really goofy it had uh finn just a kid who i'm not gonna give any spoilers so just a kid with his magical dog who could shapeshift and when i first saw it it was probably one of the wildest cartoons i'd ever seen hmm. because of the animations the aesthetic was cool the music was fun they would have like sing sing along kind of deals like random moments of bursting into song uh it was just a lot of fun for me and i'll still go back and watch that hmm. okay yeah cool all right and then uh lastly where can people find out about you? Like, where where do you live on the internet? Like, how do people get in touch with you? How do they consume your content, et cetera, et cetera? Et cetera, et cetera. You can find my stuff uh, on Instagram at Isaac, I-S-A-A-C-R, as in Ruben, and Moreno, M-O-R-E-N-O, Isaac R. Moreno, for my personal Instagram, which I don't have a whole lot of stuff posted on there right now. 
And then you can also find the Jellyfilled Podcast either under that profile in the little bio or at Jellyfilled Podcast. And that's it. And then there's also jellyfilledpodcast.com with all the links to where you can listen. There's a Patreon account if you want to hit that up. And then the only other place would be YouTube under IPDX Creative. Or ideally, if enough people have looked it up yet, you can just type in Jellyfilled Podcast and I'll show up. It does. It does. It does. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, I did, thought yeah. I was worried that was only for me, and I was like, "Well, I hope yeah, other people can yeah. find this." Nope. Yeah, it, it showed up. Cool. It definitely showed up. Cool. All right. Was there anything else, man? Um, no, man. I think I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, I did want to tell everyone to just have a good day. All right. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for being here, man. Dude, thank you so much, Trevor. Yeah,